Paul Nobles with the Eat and Form podcast, and I am finally here with my lovely co-host, Meredith. Meredith, do you want to say hello to everyone? Hi, everybody. It's been a little bit since we've been together. Yes, yes. So if you're kind of new to the to the Eat and Form podcast structure, we have one that's a little bit more sciencey and one that I think is maybe a little bit more entertaining, but kind of more talking a little bit about the community and talking about, you know, just things that are happening and uh, kind of covering some more basic ideas. So what I wanted to cover today and what we'll get into here in a second is the idea of making progress when you can't make it to the gym. Right. And I think that that's something that Meredith can definitely relate to um, with, with various injuries and things that, of this nature, because let's be real. If you're an active person or you're trying to get in shape, you know, um, it, it, it's, you know, injuries can be part of the deal. Right. And, you know, it's one of those things that you can allow de to derail you. But if you don't, you know, you'll be able to stay on on uh, on track. And I think the the other thing when we're having this conversation is that sometimes just staying even is actually making a lot of progress. So we'll get into that oh, yeah. here in a second. Um, so a couple big announcements that uh, I think mostly within the Eat Form community. You know, if you're an Eat Form member, there is an app that you use to communicate with your coach. Um, and there has been some massive releases within that app recently. And of course, like any other app, um, you're going to have, you know, kind of this big release. And then there's little holes that you're kind of filling up. So I would say this last week, we spent a few times kind of filling some of those holes. But all, by and large, you know, the, the feedback on the app is is phenomenal, especially on the Android side. Right. We we've. Uh, we've been able to develop the iPhone side a little bit easier. And now, you know, we've got a good framework in place for the Android piece also. So that allows for um, some interesting things to happen. Uh, probably the biggest things to note are, are progress pictures. You know, if you're um, just starting off and, uh, you know, the first of the month and you kind of want to get, you know, some accountability in place, I, I highly suggest you, you know, ship those to your coaches. Only your coaches really see that, you know, this isn't something that goes on the main page or anything like that. So you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, it's mostly for you, right? Your journal is really for you, you know, and coaches will look at it. But when, you know, if you're an e-deform coach, or, I mean, if, uh, if you're a need to form member, you kind of know this, that journal is for you, message a coach is for the coach, right? right. So message a coach is like the bat signal, you know? <laughs> um, you don't want to use it too often, right? But you want to use it, especially early on, like, you know, a lot of times early on, you'll have questions and you're trying to get up to speed. I mean, we, you know, Meredith and I have, have, have kind of been in mini chat for a while here uh, over the last couple hours. We've got a lot of people signing up right now. You know, and so we want to make sure that all of you know that, um, you know, that's available to you with the, with the message of coach. Um, and that's the little hamburger menu in the upper left. Right. If you know, if you end up listening to this and you download the app, be honest with you, it's not going to do a lot for you. Right. 
Um, it, you really have to kind of be a member um, for that to happen. So, you know, if uh, if you're looking to do that, just go to eatreform.com. We have a great meal planning bundle right now in place. So um, really will help that along. Um, the other thing that I just kind of alluded to a little bit is that we we kind of had this kind of seed change with our mindset a little bit um, because, you know, we, you know, a lot of times people were coming into Eat and Reform and didn't really have kind of a full understanding of, of what they were trying to do. They knew that we were a macro program. They knew that, you know, we were a coaching program and things of that nature. Um, but we thought we could kind of like spice things up a little bit. So if you've been seeing those posts, where I post interested, right? And and you're typing in interested. What you know that maybe the other people don't know that are just listening to this right now is that you actually get a plan from us, right? We walk you through kind of where you're at and where you want to go and then how each form might be able to fit into that. So it's actually really super cool. I mean, you know, like if you really think about it, okay, Think of all the Instagram programs. Think of all the Facebook programs. Think of your Weight Watchers and Slim Fast, you know. Like, I, I, I just think of that, like, Marie Osmond ad that you always see for Slim Fast. Like, what if you could actually talk to Marie Osmond, right, and talk to her about, hey, you know, can you give me some more specifics, you know? That's what we're able to do with that. And so, you know, right now it's through Facebook Messenger. Um, that's That's the easiest way to do it. Um, you can, you know, basically just go to the eForm page, send us a message, and, you know, we can give you, we kind of have like this little, it's like a five-question quiz, right? And that just allows us to get really all the information that we would need, and then we might have one or two questions throughout that process. So if you get a chance, we'd love to hear from you. Um, the other thing, you know, in, in terms of if you're a current member, you can really message a coach. You should have a general idea of what that is. Um, you know, most most e form members kind of do whether or not they're setting up a fat loss or whether they're, you know, in fat loss. Yeah, <laughs> I think you pretty much know when you're in fat loss. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, pretty excited about that. You know, we've got a good team in place to uh, kind of help you guys you know, and gals. <laughs> um, sorry about that. I, I I don't know why that's such a thing. You know, um, in my head, it's just in my world. You know, I have all women. If you haven't listened to the podcast in the past, whenever somebody says you guys, you know, or I mistakenly say you guys, my wife is a big stickler because in the corporate world, which she operates in, that's a big thing, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, I try to be a little bit more gender specific um, in that <laughs> regard. Okay, so that's the big announcements. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think I covered it, but we, we do have a meal planning bundle right now, which basically gets you about one month free. And then you kind of get these meal planning templates and the option to get a custom plan. So um, really great time to sign up for each form. Um, all right. So. I had some, so, um, hold on one second. I just need to cough and do one of cough. So I had, I went on vacation for almost two weeks, uh, you know, 
this was almost two weeks ago, right? And um, and since I came back, um, you know, I think like most people, when you go on vacation, you come back to what is the exact opposite of vacation, you know? Right. And, you know, we, we did kind of put in place a lot of things. Like I said, the app just came out. You know, we, we've got this, you know, we're actually, you know, talking through plans with people. So a lot of that stuff is is really time intensive. And so it's been a little bit difficult to kind of get to the gym per se. Um, though I was getting to the gym and, uh, you know, I was hitting mostly open gyms. Uh, I was definitely making sure to get him, you know, walks and, and things of that, that nature throughout the day. Um, initially, when I came back, you know, my sleep was a little bit off. And I think I think some of that was just kind of that that stress relief. Right. Um, and so, you know, when I first came back, you know, I probably wasn't as conscious about just like taking a walk around the block or or doing some things to sort of decompress that I sort of put in place um within probably days of that um then i tweaked my knee um so so you know i i'm i'm be honest with you guys (laughs) you gals um (laughs) is uh i'm just an idiot sometimes you know (laughs) the the, i went to the gym you know i'm 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 feeling my kneecap being loose um, every single time my kneecap kind of feels a little loose like that, you know, it, it never ends up good, especially if I'm doing squats. Right. And so, you know, for some dumb reason, well, not not for some dumb reason, but we were running that day. So I didn't want to have a knee sleeve on um, to kind of hold my kneecap in, in place. And I don't I, you know, I just use like the rehab bands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have kind of that hole, but I might actually move to that because my right knee, I think part of it's because of my motorcycle accident back in the day where, you know, just whenever you have ankle, anybody who's ever had an ankle problem will will attest to this. It affects so much, right? It affects your calf. It affects your knees. It affects your hamstrings. It just really um, can maybe disjoint things a lot. And so um, probably three months ago, I kind of had the same thing, tried to power through it and and was out of the gym for almost a month. Um, now, in that time, you know, I've not gained any weight. Right. Um, I've not made massive adjustments to my plan. So so what do you do? Right. Well, a lot of what you do at that point is you just stay active. So one of the things that that I try to do um, is I have kind of a little calisthenic routine that if, you know, I can't use my right leg, you know, I'm going to focus a little bit more on push-ups, pull-ups, ab wheel rollouts. I actually did some ab wheel rollouts the other day, and it's been a while since I've done some ab wheel rollouts. So I, sore? I, yeah, I felt it. <laughs> pretty big time um dragon flags or something that i can do within the house um but just things that sort of kind of keep me at about even 
right? So where I'm not losing ground. I think what happens, see, this is actually the difference. And I've talked about this in the past and I'll, I'll, I'll shut up and let you expound upon it. But when you're at a gym, so this was actually, this was actually the most amazing thing. Now, to a certain extent, I'm going to warn you because what I'm saying can be misinterpreted. Okay. Right. So be careful with what I'm saying, because even the person that I'm talking about, honestly, she should probably chill out a little bit. Right. But this was this was because she's been injured all, you know, all 10 years that I've been at this gym. But this was this was my first experience with CrossFit. Right. My my trainer is a army ranger special forces guy right there's no uh, you know it, it's all sucking up all the time right um, and and i was just a normal guy right and and this was the early days of crossfit the early you know I, I hate i hate saying the crossfit thing because i i feel like it it pigeonholes me and and the listeners that listen to it allow them to pigeonhole themselves, right? The reality is, is that I had done kind of the cardio work. I had done kind of the, the P90Xs and stuff like this. I just needed that extra push to go to the next level. And, and, you know, it just so happened to be called CrossFit. But a lot of what we were doing at that time it was really just strength and conditioning, you know. It, you know, the 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 CrossFit classes they they were definitely orderly, but they weren't. You know, we were doing Windler, right? We, you can download most of the stuff that we were doing, you know. Um, but I remember this gal kind of tweaked her knee, right? Pretty bad, you know. Um, and man, not not. I don't even think it was one day. You know, I mean, there was a lot of times back in back in that day where people would do wads twice a day. You don't see that near as often as you did back in in that time, unless you have kind of a CrossFit competitor. You know, there's some some stuff like that going on. But literally the very next day she was in the gym, you know, working around that inner that injury. Now, you know, truth be told, you know. I've seen her over 10 years. She needs to chill out a little bit, but it, it did set kind of this paradigm for me that, whoa, you know, like we all know this when you go to the doctor, the doctor's like, play it safe, you know, just rest and get on the couch. It's like, well, just because you're on the couch most of the day doesn't mean that you can't also do push-ups if your knee is hurt. Right. right. Doesn't mean that you can't do pull-ups if your, you know, if your ankle is hurt. You know, um, even when I had my motorcycle accident, you know, how I would characterize my journey at that point, my first, my first time, you know, was more dieting and less about exercise at that point. Then the very next year I had bunion surgery and then also I had all the hardware taken out of my ankle. But at that point I had a year of exercise under my belt, right? Once I started going through PT, I was like, well, there was two thoughts that went through my head. One, oh my God, it's this bad. 
<laughs> you know? And yeah. then two, why don't I just keep going? Why don't I just keep pushing it? You know? <laughs> and I remember, you know, talking to my PT, I mean, she was the sweetest lady. She was from South Africa. And um, I just told her, I was like, I really think I need something to push me a little bit further. And she agreed, you know, she didn't necessarily, you know, at that time, you know, there was all these YouTube on video videos where people are throwing barbells back and forth to each other and all kind of nonsense related to CrossFit that I, I think is sort of gone by the wayside. But sometimes, you know, those things are, are still kind of out there. You know, people still think that about CrossFit when in reality, you know, it's a lot better than it was at that point. Um, but I just needed to kind of keep pushing, get keep getting stronger. And, and it really, you know, changed my life, that, that whole thing. But uh, that moving, just that one year of difference, it, it was so different. You know, my recovery from the second surgery took like two weeks. The doctor right. thought, the, the doctor thought I was like, you know, uh, what's the X-Men guy with the Wolverine. He's <laughs> like Wolverine or something. Um, I was like, yeah, my superpower is healing, you yeah. know? Um, so anyway, um, so I, you know, I've been kind of going on forever. You know, I know Meredith has some other stories related to things that she's experienced that I think also will add a lot to the discussion. So, okay, so I was like, I was thinking about this. So in two years, from 2017 to present, um, I tore a calf muscle, <laughs> I broke my foot, <laughs> and I've had rhabdo twice. They were all different things. The, the calf muscle and the broken foot were stupid things that you wouldn't think. I wasn't doing a crazy workout or anything when those happened. So. It's just kind of funny, but I've had to recover from both of those and or all four of those things. And um, when it came to the calf muscle and the broken foot, I was in a boot and I kind of went with what what you were saying about just because you're injured doesn't mean you can't do pull ups or push ups. And I still was in the gym and I was still doing things that I um, that I could with that boot on. I found all sorts of ways to scale things and. Um, and still make progress even with it with an injury and I tried to do things at home too that was something when I couldn't get into the gym I tried to do that at home but the you know that's not the you know we're talking about how to make progress when you can't go to the gym and with those injuries I was still able to go you know I was still able to because I was in a boot it was protected it was an injury that was protected and I could just do what I could do and and it was great and I didn't lose as much um I was worried about losing muscle and strength and some of the progress that I'd made at the time. And I didn't because I kept going. The, the rhabdo things were different for me um, because I couldn't go to the gym and I was really concerned about losing um, the progress that I had made. And um, so I, what I did is I really just dialed in my nutrition I, at those times. I really just tried to make sure that, um, we didn't really have to adjust my plan very much as far as what I was doing because I still tried to, like what you said, I'd get my walks in. I would sometimes just walk up and down the stairs. Um, I'd be on, you know, calls for work or different things, and I would just move around the house. Um, and but I couldn't really do, like, the push-ups and sit-ups and stuff that you were talking about. But 
just moving, I didn't have to adjust my plan very much. And so I just had to be more, more, um, particular, I guess is the right word. So we talk about a lot of times when you're in fat loss, you have to be on, like you've got, when you're doing fat loss, you've got to be hit those numbers and you have to do all of that. Well, I wasn't in fat loss at the time, but I had to go back to really paying attention and really hitting my numbers so that I didn't lose the ground that I was because I couldn't be as active as I would normally have been. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I think, you know, just kind of building off a couple of things you said, even when you're not 100%, go to the gym, right? Like go to the gym, you know, for a lot of folks, you know, this actually came up in the group. Um, and we talked a little bit because, you know, we're, we're pretty close to phasing out free trials. And the reason why we're, we're thinking about phasing out free trials is, you know, we like having that as an option for people, um, that are willing to try it. But what we're seeing is that like the free trial people kind of come in and they don't go all in, right? They're not as committed as the people that are buying bundles and things of that nature. I mean, the people, it, it's, I, I wish I could show you, right? And, and the reality is, is that, you know, if you're just getting started and you're just getting to know people at the gym that you work out and, and, and stuff like this, you know, you leaving for two months isn't gonna help that social interaction. And I really think that, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking of Starbucks's third place idea, right? Like you have your work, you have your home, and then you have Starbucks, right? That was at least the theory of why you could go to Starbucks and fill out. I really feel like the gym is that for a lot of us, you know, I, I know for myself, you know, I think everybody kind of knows this, but I work from home, you know, and I work, you know, on my PC. I could be, you know, anywhere in the world. Um, and getting out of the house is actually something that's really important for me and and getting to know people. It is a little bit difficult. I will say this, like, like my gym, you know, people aren't bad about it, but you know, if you hurt yourself and you've been gone for three weeks, people are like, Oh, what happened to you, buddy? And, uh, it's like, I just don't want to have the conversation of like, I was a moron and I hurt myself, you know? So um, yeah. I was just say, so our gym, the way we do it, for those of you that are new and not listening, you know, I'm a, I'm a CrossFit coach at a gym and um, I, we have kind of set it up. We have that philosophy that we want the gym to be the third place. We want it to be. So we have programming, we have like aerobic capacity programming and like ab work, that's extra programming the people will come in, they'll come in either before class or after class, they'll stay after class or they'll come in at a different time and they're the rowers or the bikes or we have these assault runners and they can just kind of hang out and find a partner and or a friend and do this extra work with. But um, in that same vein of thought, like I have a lot of um, clients that if they get injured, I still encourage them to come in and do that kind of work because there's a lot of times if something's hurt they may not be able to lift heavy weight or whatever but a lot of times we can put them on a bike or on a rower or you know walking on the air runner or something the assault runner and um still get them in the gym still get them moving still make them feel like they're part of the community and also help them feel like they're not losing ground and get that frustrated um because it gets really frustrating if you're injured and you can't go to the gym 
that's when it gets really, really frustrating. But something that I think is more of an issue than like people who can't go to the gym when they're injured is people who can't make it to the gym because of their life. You know, I see a lot. That was actually something that I really wanted to talk about because I think stress is something that we could have a whole other discussion about. Well, I have a, I have a friend who's, he's one of the, when, um, He's not a client because he's a, someone I work out with at the gym. We actually um, train together. We're doing a competition together in June. But his here we've got this competition coming up in like six weeks and really trying to ramp up our training. And he's been working 60 or 70 hours for the last two weeks on this project. But, so I'm using him as an example because he's really, really struggled to get to the gym. You know, he used to be able to go on his lunch hour or have, you know, time. And it's been, you know really hard. And so those are the kind of issues that um, I think more people struggle with sometimes than just injuries. Um, I think people overreact, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you talk about total daily energy expenditure and calories and things of this nature, so we're going to separate because I think most people understand that there are periods where you're dieting and there's periods where you aren't dieting. And one of the things that we sort of bring to the table is that you know, I, I think if you're new to Eat Reform, this is all kind of, you know, interesting to you. But just so you know, 75% of the members of roughly 15,000 members aren't dieting at any one given time, right? <laughs> so when you look at that period and you look at stress, you know, one of the things that I've always kind of made a case, and, and you know, you have to you know, I think of a, of a, a friend of mine who's actually a private client, right? And, you know, he's under a lot of stress, um, but the reality is he's got to lose some weight, right? <laughs> Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet no matter what the circumstances are. But for the mo- for the most part, for a lot of us, if you're under stress, if you're working, if your kids are kind of going through a tough time or, you know, anything that you can kind of think of, you know, that might really put a mental strain on you, you're not helping yourself by drastically under eating at that moment, right? Because you're thinking to yourself, I can't get to the gym. Life is just overwhelming, right? So now I'm going to eat a thousand calories and add that stress onto it, right? And then, of course, when you're eating that little, not only are you going to be frustrated and angry and, you know, all the things that and depressed, right? There's a very real connection to under eating and depression, right? So that's why we sort of wave you in and out of these cycles, right? There's, there's really, it's layered on a lot of levels, right? But you know, when I'm stressed, one of the biggest things I do is make sure that I'm actually eating, defaulting to eating a little bit more on occasion, right? Um, I just think of, you know, probably three weeks ago when I just came back from vacation, probably three days in, you know, I was eating my normal macros and, and things of this nature. And, and, you know, I was struggling to sleep. You know, there was all these different things going on. And I just said to my wife, I was like, I just think we have to go out and have like a big meal. I was <laughs> like, I, I'm just starving, you know. Yeah. 
Um, and, and so even though I was eating my normal macros and things of this nature, that stress on the central nervous system and things of that nature, the, the, the food allowed that to relax. Right. <laughs> and I was going to the weekend, got my sleep in order. And since then things have been really normal, but even in a situation, you know, what, what I think happens as human beings is we try to override the things that we sort of know we shouldn't be overriding right and and what i mean by that is if you're hungry eat right no matter yeah. what the macros are for that day you know we can straighten things out now if that becomes the plan then we <laughs> can add some more food to your plan right but i'm talking about kind of one day things have become a little bit overwhelming. You know, one of the interesting things, you know, this was something that, you know, I was talking to Brad about a lot is in times of acute stress, you don't just get hungry just because, right? Your brain is actually using a great deal of chem uh, calories at that point, you know? So that may actually be part of the reason that you have to kind of bump things on any one given day. So you want to kind of listen to those signals a bit. Any thoughts on that, Meredith? Yeah, because I think that there's a very big um, misconception. Well, not think, I know that there's a very mi big misconception. People always talk about stress eating. You know, they'll, they'll say that, oh, well, I stress eat, that's my problem. You know, when I'm stressed, I eat, I'm gonna gain 30 pounds. So I'm gonna not eat or I'm gonna restrict this. And I really don't think that people know that that's your body's response to trying to cope with the stress that it's under. You know, they just think that it's, you know, I think there's a difference between emotional eating and, you know, trying to eat a little more when you're stressed. Those are two different conversations. But, um, but I think that people don't, they, they almost go the other direction on purpose because they don't want to fall into a, I'm stressed, I'm hungry, my body, I'm going to stress eat and I'm going to gain 20 pounds this week because I'm under so much stress. Yeah, but but having one bigger meal right. is different than having every meal bigger. See, right. this, is the, this is the problem is like is like people think, oh, if I open this door, right, then I'll never be able to shut it. That's kind of bullshit. Okay, like like you got to get out of that mentality that you have to pay the price, right? Yeah. You got to pay the price when you're not going to the gym. I don't think that a lot of people are thinking about the messages that they're actually telling themselves and how it can really hurt mentally their perspective of having food as an ally down the road, right? right. So if every time you eat something, you think you have to go to the gym for four hours, it's kind of a bad idea, right? Or, you know, it's not, it's not to say that, you know, having dinner and going out for a walk after dinner that relaxes you, that's kind of a different idea, right? So like, oh, yeah. so you need to kind of change that mindset. But but the idea of having one meal and even, you know, let's say you had a stressful week, right? Mm -hmm. It's Friday and you eat more chips than you normally thought you would and you have a couple margaritas. You know what? Scale's probably going to be up. Don't overreact to it, right? Just just have more water the next two to three days. That'll get some of that sodium and alcohol out of your system, and you'll be fine. But that one day, you should have been able to enjoy that one day mentally, 
right? Yeah. And that one meal, no one meal. I mean, I remember a gal at my gym, you know, she's like, uh, man, that Dairy Queen, you know, that just ruined my whole summer. I'm like, what? are you kidding me? Like Dairy Queen one day, Dairy Queen one day, if you were eating really super restrictive, that was probably more of the answer than it was for the problem. And and for this person, you know, in particular, this is the one thing that we see that you guys do not see or gals <laughs> is there's probably a lot of people out there that are 315 pound men or 275 pound women that don't overeat. Oh, yeah. This is, this is, you know, and, and, and those people feel judged because, you know, if they go eat anywhere, everyone's thinking, well, what's that person? Does that person deserve to eat that? Right. Or all of these judgments that don't really need to be happening as it relates to how other people eat. The reality is, is that most people who are um, obese Dieting has been a large contributor to that, yep. right? Because what happens is they don't have kind of these acute cycles where coaches are walking them through through that process. You know, one of the great things I ever heard was that, you know, when someone was asked, you know, how she initially, you know, gained a lot of weight, and she said, I dieted my way there. Yep. And what that means is, is that if every day you eat a thousand calories, right? And then for one week, you just go off the rails. Your body's not ready for off the rails, right? And so if you check the scale at that point and and you're 15 pounds up and you take a trip to Fuckinville for the next six months, right? Like that's how you get obese, right? You don't get obese having a high functioning metabolism where you're going to the gym and things of this nature. You know, one of the things that we used to put out was the things that used to make you fat when you work out now make you jacked, yeah. right? And so having that piece in place helps a lot. Meredith, what were you going to say? I was say? just going to say the way that I explain it, and I've explained it to clients all the time, is that when you diet your way to obesity is that um, it's similar to what you said, just to elaborate a little bit to make it a little more clear, is that if you're when you do that, when you go off the rails and you gain that 15 pounds, then you get overly like, oh, my gosh, now I got to do this again. And you do something extreme and you may drop a little bit, but you're not going to drop as much as you did before. And then you get frustrated and it's not sustainable. So you go off of that again and then you gain more, but you gain weight, but you gain more than you did the time before. And then you try to go off of it again. You try to do something extreme again. And you'll lose some, but again, you're not going to go down as far as you were before. So it's this ladder that keeps tearing up and you go up and down and up and down and up and down. And that is the way, that's how I explain it to people. That is the way that you diet your way to obesity. Is no, that's a great example. I mean, because, yeah. you know, I think what happens and I, I remember this, I remember this so well, you know, where I would diet aggressively. I would go on vacation and I'd hit the scale just hoping for the best. And I'd be up 12 pounds. And then it was just like so frustrating because I realized how difficult it was to lose those 12 pounds in the first place. And so it kind of became this self-defeating thing. Here's the thing, though. 
what a lot of people don't realize is that so there was a great example Dan kind of posted in the in the forums in the ETP members group of you know these deer that live in his yard right and Dan is one of my private clients right and uh, you know he was talking about how his weight went from like 175 to 183 and I was looking at his food log you know Dan's a, Dan's a business traveler right so a lot of times he can't control the foods that he'll eat and then you know a lot of times his sodium just like goes skyrockets right and if you know anything about sodium <laughs> is it's it's like fat a little bit right like you can go to my fitness pal and see that there's x amount of fat in a ribeye the reality is is that one ribeye next to the other there's a major difference right whether it's grass-fed whether it's corn fed there's all kinds of different realities there but you know like i said to dan i was like we've been here before right just keep the salt lick that you keep off of the deer like take that away <laughs> um, and for the next few days and sure enough he lost seven pounds that's what happens with a lot of the people that diet their way to go into vacation this is why we don't suggest that you diet going into vacation we think that you should diet actually after because you're actually more effective from that perspective and it's really more of the long-term view yeah but if as an example i mean i'm i'm pointing to a very specific example of the 12 pounds thing if i knew then all I had to do was watch my sodium and drink some water and I probably would have lost 10 of that 12 pounds. It, it would have helped me a lot, yeah. but, but I didn't, you only know what you know at that point. And you know, one of the things that's actually, it, it's so funny because six years in, I still feel like I, I'm learning so much. Hmm. Yeah. Hope so. We but should just talking to everyone, um, you know, this week has has just changed my perspective on on so many things, right? Um, and just kind of having and making little adjustments along the way. You know, like one of the the things that you know Meredith, Cindy, Jess, and I we were sharing notes, right, of how we were talking to people, and those notes have changed like five times in the last five days because we're trying to be more effective to kind of get you what you need, right? But you're teaching us more than we're teaching you, right? Because, yeah. you know, you would think with an obesity epidemic, everybody's overeating. The reality is not everybody's overeating, right? And the reality is, is that even when you think that you're eating 1,300 calories, you might not be, right? Yeah. You might be over reliant on fat that's a little bit hard to track you might be a little over reliant on sodium it's a little hard to track so you know even in a lot of those instances those people will sign up and they'll lose they'll lose weight now will they lose a lot of weight maybe not but if you've been stuck for a really long time not using specifics and all of a sudden you come in and lose six to seven pounds now your whole perspective changes, yeah. right? And so that's something to sort of keep in mind. Okay, so we said we would keep it short. We covered 
you know, basically the gym activity, not having to pay the price because you, you know, enjoyed food for one day. Um, we covered stress, right? And, and, you know, it's much more important in my mind to solve sleep and trying to kind of deal with the components of what's causing that stress. And the reality is, is that sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking back to like the day I came back from uh, vacation, you know, there was a few things that were put in motion kind of days before I went on a vacation that I knew when I came back that I was going to have to deal with. You know, it's like an onion a little bit, right? You have to kind of peel it back a little bit slower and you have to, this is where some of that, you know, for most people don't know, you know, I've been sober over 31 years. Um, but, you know, I'm not always the best alcoholic in the world, right? Like I don't always think of things from the day-to-day -day standpoint because I haven't had a drink in a really long time. So, you know, sometimes, you know, I can neglect some self-care. I can not do everything perfectly, right? And it's important for me to get back to that place where I'm dissecting that piece. And if I'm forcing myself to go to the gym where I only slept four hours that night, you know, I'd be much better off, you know, watching a movie, um, walking around the block, you know, talking with my wife, you know, um, you know, I, one of the things, I, I'll just go ahead and say it, you know, um, I am auditioning therapist right now, right? And the reason why I'm auditioning therapist is because there's not a lot of people that know what it's like to be me, right? Now, I'm not saying that I'm super unique, but it's very alone thing to run a company, right? And a lot of people that do it, and even the other people that do it, don't have similar experiences to me, right? right. And so a lot of times I'll feel alone or kind of get in my head and there'll be things that I want to share, but I can't share with Meredith, right? <laughs> I can't share with my wife. My wife doesn't even get it, right? So so I'm looking at, you know, if anybody's ever seen the show Billions, they have a therapist on staff. It's a little bit of a of a, a weird, you know, metaphor or analogy. I don't know what you would refer to it as, but um but she's she's sort of there to pump them up and she's like a major component of the show. But I do think, you know, from this is something that I've thought about for years that that, you know, I just need to have someone that I can reflect upon. And I think that when I look at some of the stressful moments that sort of happen with the development of the app and 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 all the things within the structure of each form, you know, part of the self-care that I have. I don't really have a great deal of resources for, right? right? So that's why I'm kind of looking for that. But I, but what I wanted people to hear, the major component that I want people to hear there is that I'm no different than you, right? I have to dissect what's important for me as it relates to proper mental care, proper physical care, right? And then 
sort of act upon those things. Don't just talk about it, right? Like that's a little bit of why we, we talked about the free trial thing and why that might go, go away. Sometimes when people hit that buy button, they feel like they actually did something. And the reality is, is you just started the process. So me just starting the process of, you know what, I really need to kind of audition a number of therapists to see if it's a good. Well, it, it's great to talk about that, but the reality is, is until it's in action, it's just a thought. It's just a yeah. wish, right? Like stop wishing and just peel back small pieces of it. And that's where kind of that day-to-day -day approach, you know, I mean, I'd say probably three weeks ago, I really kind of got into this moment where, you know, I just really focused on the day-to-day, -day, right? And it really started to help me. Meredith, what were you going to so, say? I got a couple things. So just on that, you know, I've, it's been, I've had a lot of stressful things in the last, last couple months. And um, my sleep has been horrible, especially the last two weeks. And I've really had to dial back the gym because I know four hours of sleep is not going to benefit me going to the gym and it's going to be dangerous for me. And that's a hard thing for me to, um, you know, to wrap my, to, to really be okay with, but it's back to that, that self care. Like it's more important for me to lay down and take a nap than it is for me to spend an hour in the gym. But where I was going with something that, so we've had some, and this is, I'm not, if you were to ever listen to this, I'm not divulging anything I shouldn't, but my son's been under a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And we actually had him in to talk to somebody recently. And um, between a therapist and a medical doctor, like I came away with this great thing, even for me. And it's kind of what you were saying. Um, one of them told him that just to make a goal every day, like one little one for him, it's like, you know, make a goal to make your bed today. And then the next one was, you know, maybe make a goal to talk to that teacher that he's been putting off talking to or make a goal to you know do this make one little teeny tiny goal every day because those little goals turn into big things and if it's something like okay today i'm going to sign up for each form great i did it all right tomorrow i'm going to start well, i'm going to log something in my journal you know all right great i logged Three days that later, i'm going to pre-log right yeah yeah and then and then tomorrow the next day i'm going to make sure i take a walk after dinner or, you know, make sure if you make those little tiny, I'm relating it to this, of course, but it can be related to, you know, anything. And that's what it was such a good thing for them to say to him, because with all the stress that I've been under, I've neglected a lot of things myself. And um, it was a really good thing for me to hear as well, those day to day and making those little goals. And I think that everybody can learn from that, you know, just pick one little thing and focus on that day to day and get that done. And once you take control of that and you know you can be successful at that then it's easier to build on that. And that's, yeah. I think, how we see it. When things get overwhelming, even within each perform with your nutrition and working out and getting everything under control, when it's all yeah, overwhelming, it's it seems like, yeah, it's a process. Yeah. It seems like a big thing. There's a stigma. I think the stigma related to mental health is slowly starting to go away. I, I hope know so. I don't have any, she would not have any problem with me saying it, but my daughter, you know, has gone through therapy for, years now she has a great therapist that she relies on and my daughter's doing phenomenal you know she um just uh completed her first year of college um she lives uh in her own apartment you know um she's 18 um so so you know it it was it was interesting because when she wanted to move out so it was it was kind of an interesting scenario. She was able to sublease 
from someone that just needed like three months. Oh, wow. So it was kind of great for her that she could audition being on her own. And I secretly had always kind of thought that she needed that, right? That, you know, her mom was, of course, more protective. But I see a lot of my oldest daughter within me. And I just needed to just go out there and bump my head against a bunch of rocks. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) run into walls as hard as I could just so I could learn it. I think she's similar to me where, you know, she's, she's got some things where she's just astronomically better than I am. Um, But there's some core components where she just learns things best by kind of walking through that process. But I, I can tell you this, she's very open about her yep. mental health, right? She's very open about the fact that, so she, she works, um, she works as a cashier at Goodwill, right? Yep. And one of the um, other people where she works, um, you know, was was talking to her about some some struggles that they were having and um she said i've been in therapy you know since you know i was eight years old you know she's like and it's been a really great thing for me to be able to kind of bounce that off of someone and that person went and got a therapist the next day that's awesome and that to me is where kind of the stigma related to mental health mental health you know it, it it's so funny because when you look at the percentages related to all the things that we talk about related to mental health, they're always, well, 12% of people are affected with this and, you know, 8% of people are affected with this. I really think it's about percentages. And I think that we all are on the scale. And yeah. I think, I think that sometimes life is putting us through some challenges that make us higher up on the scale and then other times lower on the scale. Right. So, um, and, and, and what's interesting, you know, is that like in the case of my daughter, this is why I said audition, right? Find somebody. Because therapists are like gyms. They're like restaurants. They're like anything. They're like nutritionists, right? You have to find a good fit for what you're looking for. Right. Right. And I can tell you that not every therapist that that I've ever worked with, you know, was a great fit for me. Um, And and I've seen that within my family, you know, is that, you know, you sometimes have to try a few just to kind of see what's the better fit. And and it's really, you know, like most things, you kind of know it when you see it. Right. Um, So kind of keep that in mind. You know, I think there's a lot of people that listen to this that think that they have a food problem and they might have a little bit of a food problem. But what we all know is that those things are a little bit more um, involved in that. And so I like people to know that there's no difference between me and all of you. Um, I go through rough times. I go through up times, right? I have a wonderful life, but part of that wonderful life is making sure that mentally and physically I'm kind of getting what I need for a very long time. You know, I think most people know my story physically, you know, I let that degrade to a point 
where it just wasn't helpful from for my mental part, yeah. right? And so, you know, they they do work a little bit hand in hand. You know, I do think Absolutely. that sometimes, you know, especially for for women, we deal with a lot of women, right, related to you yeah. know, men and women. Um, I do think women feel more pressure related to aesthetics than men do at times, like, which is good and bad, right? I think to a certain extent, you know, women might hold it together better than a lot of the guys do in a lot of instances, but at what cost, right? And then the guys, I'll speak for me personally, is, you know, I just had a life unattended until about I was 37, 38, right? When I talk about the motorcycle injury that I had, you know, that was a bit of me as a poser, right? I was trying to, you know, throw on a leather jacket and and get a cool motorcycle so I could regain some myth. I was going to buy my way to happiness, right? And what was interesting is I did. I did exactly that. I owned a motorcycle for five seconds, right? And I realized that I'd been neglecting my physical, you know, being, um, not necessarily appearance, but 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 a little bit that, you know, but really kind of the physical person, you know, that like like for me, I just wasn't manly, right? Like you can buy all the fucking Harleys you want in the world. But you know, it doesn't make you a man, you know, like for me, lifting weights and, and doing, you know, running and, and things like that. It wasn't, it, you know, when I think back, it's not it's not manly or womanly. Right. It's just like being human, you know, and, and I feel like for the longest time, I just allowed myself to really not be a human and kind of exist. And, you know, kind of the process that ultimately became Eat to Perform, you know, that changed me, right? Along with all the other things that we we sort of unwrap. And and what I think happens with this podcast is, you know, every now and then, you know, you'll post something on the main page and people are like, oh, this is a food. Why are you talking about this? You know, usually it's because that hit home for them and it made them uncomfortable, right? And there'll be just as many people where that resonates with them right? and listen to it. And, and so, so, you know, if this doesn't apply to you, right, just, you know, skip 30, skip 30, skip 30, right? Like you can do that on podcasts all, all day long, you yeah. know, but for the people that this does resonate a little bit, just know that, you know, when you sort of break things down, Sometimes not just day by day, but like Meredith was saying, task by task, minute by minute, you know, I mean, when I'm when I'm kind of in need of more mental health, you'll start to see the to do list coming out. Right. Kind of similar to what you said for your son. You know, I just start I just start going after the easy wins, you know, and And an easy win is changing the light bulb. Like, (laughs) like, think about it. How often is there one light bulb in your house and it's been like that forever? You know, just get the step ladder and change that. You took one off the list. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. 
And that's what, like I said, it was, it resonated with me when they said that. So that's what I've been, you know, that's what I'm trying to do since we had that appointment with him and, you know, it's helping. So, and that, like I said, could be related to anything and I think it'll help. So once again, we said we'd keep it short. Last 15 minutes, we kind of rambled on. So we will stop there. Um, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, We will be kind of on and off. Um, So we are still doing those plans if you're interested. Um, You know, like I said, usually usually just type interested and then, you know, we'll send a little, the questionnaire to you Um, might, might say ETB quiz or something like that. So, all right. I appreciate everybody listening and have a great weekend. All right. Bye everybody. Talk to you later.